Good evening, everybody. A warm welcome to this event brought to you tonight by the Spiritist Society of Bournemouth and the Pool Christian Spiritualist Church. I am Fabrício Assunção from the Spiritist Society of Bournemouth. I also give a very warm welcome to our guest speaker, Brian Foster, who will talk to us on how to live in a peace through Spiritism. Thank you very much, Brian, for being with us tonight. My pleasure. Brian has found Spiritism through the near-death experience of his wife. His search for how anyone could foretell precise events more than 20 years in the future led him to discover the truth of Spiritism, that major segments of our life are planned out in advance to help us learn lessons in hope that we would improve in, his, in this life and be ready for the next life. Brian has found that we are guided in our lives by the spiritual world. The spirits are always ready to help us in our daily lives and overcome our troubles and put them into perspectives. Brian is from the US and has a degree in computer science. He's an author of 12 books, which explore in different aspects of spiritism and two books examining near-death and odd experience in light of what Spiritives revealed to us. Before we join Brian for his talk, let us go first to Lawrence Saville at the Pool Christian Spiritualist Church for our opening prayer. Over to you, Lawrence. Good evening, everybody, and thank you very much for that introduction, Fabricio. So, I ask all of you now, just for this short time, just link in with that God of your own understanding. Firstly, giving thanks for the many benefits, privileges and joys that we have in our life. For the ability to be able to walk out amongst this beautiful realm that has been created for us. To see the sights, to link in with that energy of Mother Nature. And to know all is well, all is according to the plan. And we are here for this short time to enable us to progress along our own spiritual progression, our own pathways to that point of perfection for which you have intended for all things. And through taking this journey on, we know and we understand and we give thanks that we are here to give assistance to all that we meet, be it through deed, prayer, healing, or even just a simple smile. We are all here to help each other, for we are all one. We are spirit eternal. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lawrence. So Brian Foster's latest book is called How to Live in a Peace Through Spiritism. It is a study of how to spirituality ascend as laid out by a poem by the spirit Andre Luiz. That brings us to the subject of Brian's talk to us tonight, entitled, How to Live in Peace Through Spiritism. So it's my great pleasure to hand over to Brian Foster. Thank you, you can start the, the slideshow now, Lawrence. And thank you everyone, I'm just excited to be here talking to everybody, especially throughout the world. And I'm sure people watch these Facebooks and I, I'll put the show up on also on my YouTube channel, and it's amazing how many people are interested in spiritism, and, and it's growing, I can see, within the last couple of years. So let me start this up. So how to live in a piece of spiritism? What do I mean by that, and, and why did I write this book? Why I've written other books, and it's more about, and a lot of the information, by the way, I got from the Reverend G. Val Owen, who uh, was a famous uh, spiritualist, in the beginning of the 20th century and from England. And he gave us so much information about heaven and the higher levels of heaven and the processes of how the, the spirit world, the universe actually works. And so I've written other books on that, but this is the one that is really is, why are we here? And how do we, how do we handle our time here on this chaotic planet called earth? So let's get started. So first, you're here. We're all here. We've all been 
you know, selected to be incarnated on this earth. And since we're here on this earth, we're, it's all about us, right? I mean, we're self-centered. We're in, you know, we're in this cocoon in this physical body we have. And so it's, it's, in the spirit world, you're much more open. Your, your connection with other, with other people is, is much better, especially when you're levels of heaven. But here, when we're in this body, we're more isolated. And then as we're isolated, we're also influenced by the culture, the beliefs, et cetera, of what, how we're born into and where we're raised. And in, as part of that, we are here on the physical earth. We, as we grow our intellect, we have written knowledge and we also gather spiritual knowledge so the so i guess the question i give for everyone to think about as we're going through this is what is your understanding today of reality the real reality and how contented are you what what do you think about your reality do you feel stress are you you know do you sometimes go into great you know despair like you know all of us do like nothing's working you know all these things and of course you know, as Henri Louise and other spirits would tell us that if you haven't felt one of these out of sorts, et cetera, then you're in the wrong place because you were meant to feel you were meant to feel somewhat isolated and and conflicted because we're going through this educational process with stimuli is hitting us to teach us things that we need to learn. So how you know how are emotions, how you know, how are they drawn out? What what causes them to change? Well. It's fear, love, materialism, our selfishness. Of course, selfishness is really what the spirits books tells us is one of the, the root of, of a lot of mistakes we make through life. And pride, of course, which I've always had a lot. And this is all, we're all growing into this. And we all have this set of perceived reality. And these things, you know, are important to us. We can't help that. That's what we're growing into. But. A lot of us, you know, we're, we're bored or we're unhappy and, you know, we have stress, jobs, relationships, and we always, we'd like to be somewhere else. And so the question I want everyone to ask themselves is where do you want to be? Do you want to be a place where you feel love, you can give, because everybody wants to give love and receive love. You don't want to be stressed. You don't want to worry about your job. You want, you want to know that you are, you have your own self-worth. And you want this to be a better world than it is. We all do. It's ingrained in us. So right now, just for a second, just meditate and think of where you want to be. What kind? What world would you create where you can feel love, harmony, and peace? So this is if you were if you were a god and you could create your you know ideal universe. It would be perfect, would it not? It would all be calm and wonderful and peaceful. But then you would get lonely and you'd want company. And that perfect universe wouldn't be so perfect as soon as you put the first person in. Why? Why would that universe be imperfect when you brought your first person in? You could be lucky and bring a really good person, but if you brought more than one, the odds are pretty terrible. And of course, now when we think of heaven and we think of that nirvana, whatever we want to call it, it's all full of good spirits, nice people, compassionate, loving people. But let's say you yourself are God and you want to create that. Well, question yourself, by what process would you use to allow others into your perfect universe so they wouldn't destroy the harmony of what you created? Now, you could create your own people, but they would be all the same, and you would have all sorts of problems with that. Well, I have here to tell you, and I think most of you know on this, on this presentation, that process has already been created. The process has been created to let only mature, loving, positive-thinking people in, that a place where you don't take advantage of each other, there's no politics, there's no backstabbing and to make the place, to make this nirvana, this heaven that you've created perfect, thought is action. You, if you want to build a house, you don't have to build a house. You don't have to go cut down a tree. No, you can just think of a house and build it. Of course, that is how 
the spirit world works. Jibaon has told us this. Chico Xavier has told us this via the psychography of uh, uh, Andre Luis and others. And many other spiritist mediums have told us this fact. Thought is action. You create by thought in the spirit world. So when you think about that, that is huge. Because if you had someone like me, someone so imperfect, and I got mad at you, you wouldn't want my thoughts going out and destroying the house you just built. No, you want someone calm and cool in all circumstances. So I'd like to present to you is that this is the real reality of where you're living in, right? You are in a campus called Earth. And as Spiritism tells us, if you want to summarize Spiritism, it's follow the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And of course, it's a little bit more difficult than that because we have to we have to really live that. So the path to join heaven's higher level is not easy. Believe me, I've been trying to improve myself for years and years. And I'm still not where I want to be. And it's basically, it's the process of tearing out primitive emotions, hate, envy, jealousy, and putting in higher emotions, love, charity, fraternity. Now, this process that, that heaven has created, that we would like to create to have our own perfect universe, takes as long as it takes for each individual. Each individual will, will go through this process over and over again by this process here, reincarnation and karma. And it's up to us how fast we want to ascend. Reincarnation, you get life after life. You make one mistake, not too bad, you get another life. Again, but it's not just you're randomly put into life after life and said, oh, we hope you learned something there. Karma works is that everything you do in the previous life, let's say for an example, is recorded and tracked. When you leave that life, you're, the spirit world analyzes what you've done and they create a lesson plan for your next life, predestination. Now, just to be clear, you have free will. And the spirit world, spiritual writings, I always say you have free will, but I will tell you something that they don't emphasize. Your free will is really your attitude as you go through trials. There's a lot of manipulation of us, just like you would manipulate a kidney gardener, right? To get him to do, get him to learn what you want him or her to learn. And therefore, Every time we come back, there's a customized curriculum made just for us. Just for us to learn. And all these stimuli will come at us and hit our emotions. And some will be really deep and, and traumatic. And that's why we, and therefore we need to analyze what we've done and think how to do better. So again, just real quick, the golden rule. And it's been told to us all sorts of different religions, you know, Zoroastrianism, uh, Islam, Christianity, Taoism, every, you know, all over, you know, from in Socrates himself, who's not on this chart, has told us, look, treat others well as you would want to be treated. So the bottom line is our current reality was created specifically to train us to become good and productive citizens of the spirit universe. And you may ask yourself, well, aren't I a good productive citizen now? And my answer to that is probably not for most of us here on this earth. We're more like school kids who, if they, they'll, they'll think they're working, but doesn't do a very good job at it, but they're trying. That's the level we are at. And as such, we're at that level, we need to improve. And if heaven is your object, then really now is the time to actively work towards it because don't you want to be in that perfect universe where there's no hate, envy, and jealousy? You, you do the work that you want to do. You're with people you want to be. So we've been given a blueprint on how to ascend and it's following Andre Louise's poem. Now I'll read the poem first and then I'll go through each stanza. And Andre Luis wrote this poem, and it's in the book, Spiritual Wisdom, Missives of Hope. And at the end of this poem, Herculano Pires said, 
this is a great poem. Someone should write a book saying techniques of living. And I kind of marked that down. And years later, I said, okay, I'm going to go through that and I'm going to see what I think. Now, everyone can read this poem and I'm sure you'll have a better interpretation of it than I do. But this is my interpretation of a couple things for each stanza. What the spirit world means by that stanza and how, how do, can we approach that stanza? Of course, what I'm going to go through in this presentation is just a quick, really overview summary and I, much more deeper in my book. But basically, it's trust in God in yourself, a serene conscience, time spent on productive matters, a constructive speech, a prayer allied to work, hope and action, an industrious patience, a dispassionate opinion, the blessing of comprehension, a participation in everyone's progress, a compassionate attitude, true in, truth enlightened by love, oblivion of evils, happiness in your commitments, unconditional forgiveness of offenses, a devotion to study, a gesture of kindness, an encouraging smile, spontaneity to assist others, simplicity of habits, a spirit of renovation, and fostering of, to of tolerance, courage to place yourself second to serving, and perseverance in goodness. There's a lot there. Now, let's go through these. Trust in God and yourself. What does this mean? Now, trust is a simple word, but a complex uh, idea, especially for an adult. As a child, we had implicit trust in our parents. We literally knew no other way of thinking. What our parents said, we trusted. And as we grew older, we, we started measuring out trust in small increments. And in full adulthood, we kind of abandoned you know, absolute trust, right? As my mother always said, trust many, you know, wait, I'm sorry, love many, trust few, and always paddle your own canoe. Those were, her, you know, she always told us that, which is a lot of truth in this world. And therefore, we reserve full trust very rarely. But that's why it's hard, is to have trust in God. And it's not easy to, to begin that because what does trust in God mean? It means that you know that curriculum that is being made for you. You know that, that bad business decision. You know that horrible divorce you went through. They were all made to elicit stimuli from you. And that the next step's gonna happen because it always will, is made for your benefit. And we can, and therefore, and it's taken me years to get that, but I'm so much less stressed and anxious about what's coming next because I know, okay, what's coming next? I may not like it, but it's good for me. And if I handle it gracefully and I learn from it, it will be all for my benefit. So a serene conscious, conscience, why oh, I spelled that wrong. So what does that mean? So what the spirit Joanna de Angelis said is well-adjusted individuals, those who are self-realized, calm, confident, they are pleasant, sociable, and encouraging. Their endeavors are positive and always aimed at the common good, the progress of all. Their leadership is enriching, creative, and dignified. This group produces promoters of social development, examples of sacrifice, creative geniuses, seekers of the truth. So this is what a serene conscience does for you. It, it makes you utilize the intellectual capacity of your brain much, much more fully. Because even as Socrates said, he said, it's hard to be anywhere smart on earth, right? Because you have a thousand, you know, emotions overwhelming you at any one moment. And if you can have a serene conscience, you can... You can end the longing for it because we're, right, we're always thinking of the next thing, right? We always want more. And therefore, you can, when you become at harmony with yourself and, and at peace, you can analyze things and that, that will actually make you a more a beacon to others and people will be attracted to you. Time spent on productive matters. What does this mean? Well, 
the bad news I have about heaven is it's not eternal leisure, right? It's not, you know, the Elysian fields where you sit in a, you know, in a cabana, you know, drinking drinks with an umbrella on it all the time. You're actually working. But the good news on that one is that you're working on what you, what you love, what you want to do. And of course, the spirit world says, okay, you're in school. Take this as an opportunity to establish habits that will be profitable for you when you have ascended to heaven. And even Jesus told us that walk while you have the light so that the darkness does not overtake you. And so establishing that habit is important. And Emmanuel, the spirit of Emmanuel said, is the law of work is the path to freedom. Without this law, the mental world would fall into slumber and stagnation. To flee its dictates is like <clears throat> stepping to the roadside, roadside to watch the traffic of evolution pass, leaving behind all those who chose the illusion of laziness. We must learn to labor versus supply our basic needs and next for higher desires. And so labor what you love. That's why people always say, if you can, not everybody can, work at what you love. But at least as we grow ourselves spiritually, we can become excited about what we're looking for and what we're trying to discover and explore. A constructive speech. Now, this is important. And to have constructive speech, and I know, and I know, especially us, right? So from kind of the Anglo-American uh, kind of, of culture, Brazilian culture doesn't have that. It probably is, we are very sarcastic. And my wife always tells me, you know, if I say some smart remark, you know, and, you know, I'm in with Brazilian friends, she says, don't, they don't, don't do that. They don't get it. And therefore that's something we have to guard against uh, is, is try not to be that way and discard unpleasant thoughts and rapid and try not to display your rapid wit like I always do. And of course, and Paul says, do everything without complaining or arguing, which that's not easy, but it's amazing is if you start on that path and you keep at it, you can, you can start, you can start lessing and lessing and almost eradicate it because everything I'm talking about is, is rewiring your brain. Right. And that's not something you're going to say, Oh, uh, today I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, stop snarking at people. I know that's colloquialism for American or not, but I'm, I'm going to start being mean to people and I'm, I'm going to, you know, try and be constructive speech. Of course that, that doesn't work because it just slips out. But if you keep every day, you go, Oh, I, I can't believe I said that. And you keep working at it. It will become a habit. And why is that important? Because the only thing we're supposed to change, the only thing we're supposed to really go back to the spirit world with is a better character and personality. That's it. We don't bring anything else. It's our character and personality. And that's what they're saying. Please. Can you improve that while you're there for 60 or 80 years, however long you have. And if you can, you have been victorious. A prayer allied to work. And as Jesus said, but the one who preserves to the end will be saved. And therefore, when you work, try and always do as best as you can. Now, and I've been guilty of this, you know, especially I've been in the software industry world. So let, let's just get this product out. Right. And we all know that in the this commercial world we live in, you can't make things perfect because you have to finish things at a certain time at a certain cost get them out the door and get them sold. But if we recognize that and we recognize that in our uh, working world, we still try to do as best we can within those parameters. But in our personal world, if we can really try to be uh, as perfect as possible. And why do I say that? Why does, why did Henri Louise said that? Because spirits, as we go higher and higher in the spirit hierarchy, we'll be given tasks and jobs. So even in the levels of heaven around the earth, before we actually graduate and become a completely productive member of society where we're helping other planets and other evolutionary systems, we will help people on earth. 
we will come down and we'll help them. And we don't want to help them lackadaisically. We don't want to help them with, oh, that's good enough. No, you want to help them as well as you can. We want to be a perfect spirit, a pure spirit, which is, you know, as perfection as we can get. And we have to start training ourselves to that perfection. Hope in action. Now, the spirit Joanna DeAngelis, and I quote a lot of her, and especially this book, and she, a lot of it, you'll find her books in the Psychograph by Devaldo Franco. And quite honestly, some of these books are pretty hard to get through, but there's nuggets in here that are, are amazing. And Joanna DeAngelis says, unconsciousness prevails in the modern world because it gives into immediate gratification with no follow-up plan for attaining liberating emotions. Thus, society is divided into surreptitiously, mutually hostile groups that grow further apart each day, whereas they should work to eliminate their separatist barriers and become more aware of their infinite potential for self-realization and spiritual awakening. But the moment inevitably arrives when individuals are induced either to awaken or remain dead to reality. In order to awaken from their heavy sleep, they must make every effort to break the chains of self-pity and unhappiness, self-depreciation and self-disrespect. So being awake means self-fulfillment, means being awake to all possibilities. And naturally what, this is great advice, is stop the chains of self-pity. Don't let yourself go down into unhappiness. Don't think you're going to be a failure before you start. And the, the actually object is just like we teach children. It's not the end goal. It's how you get there. And if you can keep a positive attitude, even though you, you may fail somewhat, but you at hope for good, you you strive for perfection. And you can see how each of these stanzas build on each other. If you've done that and have faith in your future results, then you're, you're right away you are training, you're rewiring your brain all along the way. This is so important. An industrious patience. Oh, that's been very difficult for me. I, I, that's probably one I've worked on. One of, the, one of the top ones is my patience. And Emmanuel says, in every obstacle to conquer and in all shadows to extinguish, let us engage in patience in the service of the heart. And he says, patience should be applied to tolerance and understanding in everything we do in life, and the struggles that the world presents to us. And Herculana Perez wrote, after Emmanuel said that part in his book, he said that we live in a culture, and this is and this was, book was written in the mid-20th uh, mid century, 1950s, I believe, and this is even, even more true today, is that we live in a culture of time, of speed, and we expect everything to come quickly. If that internet page, you know, I've learned this, right? Being in software, it, you know, you've got two seconds to get someone's attention. If you're past two, sets of two seconds, click, they're gone. That's, that's, I'm the same way. And we're the same way now with perceived insults with, with, you know, in ourselves, we're patient. Oh, darn, right. I did that. So you need to learn to be patient and you, and this is a tough one. You need, it's to exist in the present. And what do I mean by exist in the present? And that is learn what you can. Don't always focus your mind for the next thing that happens. Look at where you are now and what you can learn now. See if you can do that and train yourself to be patient because when you do, you will see more of the signs and signals given to you from the spirit world. I think all of us, if we really sit back and we look through our lives and we think about those times when, you know, Uncle Bob or Aunt Sally called us or gave us this path to, you know, one way and we went that way, that a lot of that was probably the machinations of the spirit world guiding us in our destiny. And, and some of them could be helping us along during a really arduous task that we have. So be patient. Wait for things to come. Wait to do things at the right time. Maybe, you know, now this is a kind of a hard way. You can't be passive. Right. You can't sit there and go, I'm just going to wait for everything to happen to me. You know, you've got to keep moving forward. So this is not an easy one to discern. 
a dispassionate opinion. Oh, this is this is especially now in our days with everyone divided so much. But let people be what they want to be. This is why we have to combine the two forces of intellect and emotion. And especially during this time in our culture, when all the media really they don't care about giving us any facts. All they want to do is is turn that knob on the emotion. So we click here or we watch that commercial. And that's why it's it's extremely difficult in this environment is we need, that's you know, as you can tell, we had the patience before. Now we have to have dispassionate opinion to, to build spiritual wisdom. We have to say, okay, I don't know what that person is saying. And I may not agree with that person, but I know that person is an immortal spirit. And they be maybe relatively, you know, beginning, the middle, are way ahead of me in spiritual maturity. And therefore, I'll listen to them and I'll gauge where I think they are and, where, and I'll gauge where I think I am. But we should love them no matter what. And that's why it's really distinguished the criminal from the crime, right? If that, you see that pickpocket and you say, oh, that guy, I hope he, you know, rots, right? And, and but you have to think that, oh, at some previous life, You've been there. Or it's like when I think of dishonest, corrupt politicians. Politicians that like lie to us just so they can get power. Well, you know, I used to be like, oh, oh that bum, you know, let's throw them out. But then I've been told in through the medium meetings I've been in, I'm not a medium. I just kind of sit in the back and I've been given messages. My wife and I were there that I've been in position of power and I cared more about gathering wealth than I did about the people who were under me. So who am I to say anything, right? Although I hope I'm an example of someone who can slightly improve from one life to another. Now the blessing of comprehension, and that is, and as Andre Luis told us, true faith is the reward of all elderly spirits whose intellectual development is not disheartened by society's moral dis de de um, decay. And boy, have we seen that. I mean, it's, um, you know, and what I mean by moral decay first is we have to change. Right? We don't want to go back 100, 200 years ago when we, you know, we were ostracizing people uh, because of their, you know, uh, their sexuality. No, we want to love everyone. But we are in this, in this area of relative morality, which it just, you know, it's not a good place to be. I, you know. We are given the set of divine laws in our conscience, in our instincts uh, by the spirit world. And therefore, we we should try and have that as our foundation, right? Is to love everyone, understand where they are, but know when things are not right. And But we should think honorably about ourselves and others. And of course, look upon others as work in progress. As I said before, when someone does something to you that you, that you are just like, what, that bum, that, you know, that, that coward or whatever you want, epitaph you want to give them, the way to kind of forgive them and kind of understand what they do is think about why you're on earth. We're on earth to go through trials. And then think about, instead of that you're on earth, that you are in a play. And when there's a play, the main character goes from scene to scene to scene. Why? Why do they go from scene to scene? Because they can grow as a character. A good play will show a person changing over time because of, of what other people say. So that person that did something terrible to you is really just an actor in a play. They are playing a part to elicit a stimuli from you to make an emotional change in your life. And the other little nugget of knowledge is whatever they did to you, you probably in some previous life did something quite similar to them. Participation in everyone's progress. Well, of course, that starts with the family. Try and help them as much as possible and mentor colleagues. And I know this is hard, especially in some of our corporate, you know, client, you know, environments where everyone's graded on a curve and you know, if you do better than the other person, you get a bigger raise. Uh, that's why when I was going up the corporate environment, I finally stopped and said, no, I'm going to go back to be an individual contributor because I can't be that way anymore. 
So, of course, so many people have been a complete failure in my career, but I've been happy myself. So mentor others, support others, help others learn. And that's, of course, getting you ready for when you've got these jobs in the spirit world, because that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be helping poor, immature, ignorant spirits like us here on Earth to learn and grow. A compassionate attitude. And, and so that's not only empathy, but positive action as well. And, and many of us confuse compassion with wishing well and feeling empathy for a person. But combined with trying to forcibly rectify their mistakes and lead them onto a better path. So that, what they tell us, it's, it, it, we, we try to point out and we expect contrition from these people and we love to point out errors. And that's really not what how the spirit world wants us to do. We really want to be their uh, consoler and say, give suggestions. And we don't want to do this with a, consent, a condescending attitude. We want to do this is, and I know people really want to help, and we don't want to demonstrate our superiority, but we want to reflect upon what they mistakes they made and kind of show the mistakes that we made and what we have done and have compassion on them in their, their journey of learning. Because that's where we are too. It's all a journey of learning. And if you can't relieve them of distress of what they have, is give them some beacon of hope that things will get better or this is a way out. So th this is um, advice from the spirit world, especially from Emmanuel. Truth, enlighten, beloved. So when you begin your search for truth, you have to begin with readying yourself. And only via introspection and requesting spiritual guidance from the other side will this really be um, uh, effective for you, is the word I want to say. It will open the door. And by doing so, you'll be, once you open that door and you say, you know, please help me. I know here most people know, like, you know, you meditate, you know, seven o'clock on Tuesdays, right? Every, once a week or whatever. Once you, you start that, that habit, then higher spirits will know, oh, okay, this person is freeing their mind up. It only has to be 15, 20 minutes, whatever is good for you. And they're asking for inspiration and enlightenment. And you'll get that. It may be saying, ah, oh, go buy that book or go help that person or whatever. They'll be helped. And therefore, that is very important. And that will help you on your search for truth. And it's it's within and without, and without outside of us, I should say. Then oblivion of evils. So what does that mean? So Emmanuel tells us evil does not actually come from the world, but from the people who inhabit it. And the spirit Zabdile says that good and evil are conditions of attitude. So this is very important. So there's not like, Oh, this is good and this is evil. It's always about your perspective, right? In essence, Zabdal said, it's your perspective regarding the love of God determines the amount of benefit or harm of any action we take, which sooner or later reflects back on us. And of course, this is all part of karma, right? Everything we take will reflect, it's all tracked. And therefore, so people aren't, evil per se is that they just they just kind of they deny the love of god and it happened and they don't understand god's will and therefore it begins with really trying to speak the truth being kind and allowing love into your heart that is so important happiness in your commitments now the spirit Joanna says, you are a rough stone and you need polishing. Even though you may be rough on the outside, you have the brightness of the stars on the inside. And it is up to you to do that polishing. And that's important because think about, think as heaven as a place where they want spirits, right? As your heaven, you want to be. You want people in your heaven to be really productive and to want to help everyone else. This is what heaven wants us to we want to be thankful that you're there to help. And when you can combine competence and selfless service together, that is a 
winning attitude. And that opens that narrow door, as Jesus said, to heaven. And, and then if you can, give thanks to what you're going through here on earth. Say, you know, thank you for leading me through these trials. And boy, that's tough because some of these trials and tribulations, these episodes, these dramatic, emotionally draining episodes, these bad relationships, are like, why did I sign up for that? But, you know, then say, okay, I did. Let, let me just carry on through. Unconditional forgiveness of offenses. And of course, I've, I've alluded to that before where you have to, Say when people are doing things to you, there's always a reason. And a lot of times they are just there as a tool. Now, once you, if you get mad at someone, so let's talk about, we know why to forgive someone, but sometimes you just let that anger. So anger is a primitive emotion. So anger is like, oh, you want to get rid of anger, but you can use indignation. In fact, this was talked about in one of Henri Luis's book. They said, well, okay, well, how do you get something done if you can't be angry? That's a great question by one of the spirits as they're talking in a lecture. And the person said, you can use indignation. Indignation says you can focus your willpower. You can say, no, you have to get this done. And you speak calmly. You may have to raise your voice a little bit. You speak calmly and logically to get what you need to have accomplished. It doesn't mean you have to put up with all sorts of you-know-what, right? And be passive all the time and happy. Now, I'm not saying it at all. That's not, what the, that's not what the spirit world, that's not what heaven wants. They want someone who can handle things with a calm demeanor and get things done. A devotion to study. That's something that is we you know when you're in the spirit world you don't just go to heaven and you're done learning this has all been revealed in the books by uh by jiva owen and i talk about this in my books heaven and below spirit and the spirit universe and how we're guided by spirits is heaven around the earth is 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 you know one level above another that all is that you have to go to a school you have to learn of course you have to help your your personality and your character too at the same time, but you have to gain knowledge and you go from one hierarchy to the next. And of course it's, it's all based on meritocracy, but this is where you really have to have this intellectual curiosity. And therefore you, you want to analyze yourself here on earth. You want to practice that not to, by doing just things, you know, in your educational, but also your own like reforming your emotions, right? Analyze what you've gone through and identify your weakness. In a gesture of kindness, so this begins with the family. If you make this a habit, if we can, if we're even in, you know, with your kids bothering you, or whatever, you can just kind of sit back and, okay, you know, I'll explain to that to you one more time. And just, you know, because this will help them too, of course, anyone around you by you just, re you know, repeating the same thing. This is precisely what the spirit world desires is to change our focus from struggling to earn the money required to pay for shelter, food, and small pleasures to seeking out how you can give others small pleasures. An encouraging smile. Of course, you know. It's so much more important than people think is that when they feel that way, right? When when you can know that you're at home, right? And you're helping your family around you and you're helping others, it just means so much. And for those that haven't already done it, like we do here in our house, we have a God at home. We meet on a regular basis once a week. We open the Spirit's book or whatever book you'd like to, discuss it amongst your family and just tell them this, right? Tell them that, you know, help other people. Spontaneity to assist others. Now, this is an interesting one. And I got a lot of this really good information from Joanna DeAngelis. And she says that we exist in three stages. Attention, concentration, and deep reflection. And it's really hit home for me because when I used to, you know, go to work, right? And I'd get off the, the ferry. I took the ferry from Bainbridge Island to Seattle. And then I'd walk to my work. And as I was walking... I would be thinking, okay, what am I going to do this day? And I would be, you know, I could, I could pass by someone bleeding to death and probably wouldn't even notice the poor soul. Or I could pass by someone on, you know, needing some help, or, you know. And 
and I was like be completely oblivious because I was just in concentration. And therefore, it's, it's we need to kind of look at our mind and we need to multitask a little bit as, you know, if you're at home in your easy chair, fine, concentration, deep reflection, no problem. You don't need to have attention to anything unless you can, the house is on fire. But when you're in the outside world interacting with people, try to cycle that through and look at the people around you. And do they need your help at that moment, right? Give some priority to attention. I think a lot of us, maybe it's just, you know, me with, you know, my type of personality is that's like the least thing I do. And if, and when we drop that attention, we, we, we lose the ability to see the signs and signals from the spirit world to us and from other people to us who may need our assistance. Simplicity of habits. And this is something, this is amazing because you can see how these go one from the other. And this is something that is like, it's almost natural to my wife and I now. It's, we're trying to keep our life uncluttered. Once you, once you really understand what you need or you don't need is like, oh, I don't need that new pair of tennis shoes. I don't need the newest car. I'm, no, I'm going to, instead of buying a new laptop, I'm going to buy a refurbished laptop. It's, it's, and then by doing that, you're taking your focus off of having to earn money for whatever new toy you want. And you're actually giving yourself time because that means you're the master of your time, not your possessions or the master of your time. You're giving yourself more space to spiritually explore. And that's why in the pursuit of simplicity, and I know it's, it's, you know, it's easy for me to say it, but it's taken me years to get where I'm at and I'm still not where I want to be. I still want my little pleasures, um, but it, I'm better than I was. A spirit of renovation. And that is first, it, it, it says that we need to accept the trials of our life, right? And that, you know, that's not to have complete fatalism because we still have free will. But the bottom line is that the blueprint devised by the spirit world for each of us will cause deep introspection and changes to our character. This is inescapable. And therefore, why fight it? Go with it. Learn the lessons offered to you and make the required alterations. Think about when something happens to you. Like, you know, when I, when I was uh, working for a company and we were bought out and I made a bunch of money. And of course, I thought I invested it wisely and I didn't lose it. You know, and I lost it all in the summer. I thought I had, those were good growth stocks. And of course they weren't, I didn't lose it up, you know, by alcohol up my nose or anything like that. But I, I was devastated by losing that amount of money and finally i thought okay i'm i'm alive i'm living without it i learned something from it and of course in retrospect now i understand because in as i said before in my previous life i had taken money from other people and therefore it was taken from me and now i understand what it feels like but it it, it shows you how smart the spirit world they not only showed me what it feels like to have money taken from you but it also showed you that I'm still alive. I can handle that. Those pretty good lessons. A fostering of tolerance. And of course, that is the foundation of all our progress, right? We need to be tolerant. Tolerance is the foundation of all true progress, as said by Manuel. Just as all parts of a machine work together, we need, you know, we need to be that tolerant so the, ma the machine can function correctly. So, Begin with people, begin with your family, begin with, you know, those unruly teenagers, begin with your coworkers. Encourage your, encourage to place yourself second to serving. And again, it comes naturally to a lot of us. Never, it was never natural to me. I've had to acquire that. And I, you know, I just want, and the more I do it, the more I enjoy helping others. And this will actually, and of course, I'm sure everybody knows this, but as you, do good things to others. Those will be part of your life blueprint for the next life, right? Karma doesn't mean I'm just going to track everything bad you did. Karma means I'm going to track everything you did good. And so there will be wonderful experiences, not just hard, harsh lessons in the future. And lastly is perseverance and goodness. Materialize your will and know that karma tracks your positive acts and awaken your will. 
And this Joanna D'Angelo, the spirit Joanna D'Angelo says, perseverance entails tenacity and persistence in the endeavor one is undertaking are plans to undertake such that the course is not interrupted. Even when challenges manifest, firmness of decision on what one will carry out instills more interest in the process, helping one to finish the project without discouragement, taking hold and working against it. So carry on, don't, you know, have that commitment, that happiness and commitment. Use your willpower, uh, practice your focus. So that's the end. So this is just kind of one guide by Henri Louise. And my interpretation is ascend spiritually. Your effort will be rewarded. And at, in the meantime, you are training yourself for success in heaven. Thank you. Wow. Wow. I was <laughs> hanging on every word there, Brian. Really, really interesting. And and funnily, well, it's not funnily, is it? I was reading some Swedenborg today, and he was saying the same as you were saying, just from that slightly different angle. I, right. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you. Oh, Over thank to you. you. And, I, and I love Swedenborg. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one I'm revisiting. <laughs> Over to you, Fabrizio. I found it very interesting as well. I was taking notice as you were speaking and I was making myself a little list because then um, a lot of the the topics that we were um, discussing tonight is demands from us to put some effort because it's very easy for us just to stay where we are, comfortable in our comfort zone and maybe stay on a state where we are not progressing and doing anything. And then, um, creating those habit, habits and change ourselves is a process. It, it has got to start somewhere. And if it's not going to be in this life, has, it's going to go and going to happen, even if it's not in this life, it's going to go in the next life and so on. Because one thing that we all know, when God created us, he created us for progression for us to become a pure spirit. But we are so far from that being this pure spirit and there is so much work that we need to do but when i was doing my list i didn't feel i didn't feel discouraged at all actually i felt very um, motivated because it almost like giving us a guidance on things that we should be looking at um, rather than concentrate our efforts out look in and see where we are and start doing the change so it's really good so we're going to go for a few questions. There's, we have some questions popping up here on Facebook. Um, just bear a sec with me. There is one for, from our lovely Sue. She says, Brian, biggie. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that many people are caught up in their mind and intellect and the constant reprocessing of data which become to be programmed into the form to programmed in, into them from birth conditioning that so many people have largely forgotten how to connect to their heart too and have yet to develop heart-centered thinking and simply being which is the sense would mean that they might become more aware of what they truly are to become aware of their sense, thoughts, words, action, the inner and outer. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and this is our culture, right? I mean, look at advertisement. And advertisement was, I forgot the name of the nephew of uh, Sigmund Freud, right? Is where they advertise something because if you buy that product, you'll feel better. And and, and that goes, and they're kind of getting to your mind and your intellect through a, a back door, right? And they're using your emotions. And what Sue was saying that is, you know, we think we're, we're thinking logically and, but actually the way our culture is, we're being kind of very manipulated into that. And we're not in, and not using our heart. And what, and I think, and it's not just heart because what the spirit world gives us as we're, each of us is born is our instinct and our conscience. 
And one of the things we really need to do is filter everything through our conscience. And if we can do that, if, if you're there with a decision and if you feel, you feel like, um, I don't think that's right. Then you should, then you should not do that. Right. Because that's really your heart, right? Your conscience is that feelings coming from your heart. And that's how I think that we can help connect to our heart is to know when, if we feel that something is not right is connect with that. And then don't let our mind, because really what does our mind and intellect do most of the time, especially as a teenager, we rationalize away why we cannot follow our conscience. And that's something that's it's difficult for each of us to learn. Thank you, Brian. We have another question that comes from Cleo. She says, on your experience, what is the best way to meditate, to be able to connect to the spiritual world and hear our conscience to make a hard decision? Well, that is, that's a really great question, but I think it's, and, you know, I hate to be evasive, but it's, it, I think it's changes for everybody. When I first started meditating, my wife would just like, she gave up because I would fall asleep, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like right away. And, um, and so I would have to do kind of different things. So I, I couldn't completely blank my mind because I would fall asleep. So I had, I had to kind of think a thought like, okay, open my mind, you know, to let it in. I had like, I had to make a, a kind of a benign thought to do that. So, um, you know, music helps of course, and all, all that, but I, it really is, uh, what we, my wife and I do when we first day, we kind of have like a, a darkened room at a table, um, with, you know, as little outside noise as possible is, you know, the firm foundation for that. But I think, um, it's a great question, but, uh, it's hard for me to answer for each individual. Thank you. Um, I, I have got a question from myself. Um, when I was reading your bio, um, one thing that caught my eye is um, you mentioned about a near-death experience that you had with your wife. And that was what you probably call yourself to your awakening period. And that's what brought you into spiritism. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit of that experience? No, I'd be happy to. As So I married my wife and she had told me that, ah, oh, yeah, we're, we're destined to be together, right? And these type of things. And she would tell me, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Of course, it was always after the fact. And typical man listening to his wife is like in one ear, out the other, like, yeah, 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 right? I didn't <laughs> believe a word of it. Yeah. Oh, coincidence. But then we were, we were going to, uh, we wanted to buy a house. And we looked at this house and she goes, oh, we're going to buy that house. Okay, so, and it goes, well, how do you know we're going to buy the house? Oh, it's it's got three trees in front of it. And I remember that when I had my NDE experience, it had three trees in front of it. So we went home, called and said, ah, uh, there's two offers on the house in front of you. Of course, the two offers fell through. Then we got the house. We went, drove the house. I said, look, honey, there's, there's four trees. And then a month later, we had a big windstorm and one of the trees blew down. <laughs> so I was like, ah, it's still coincidence. <laughs> but then this was the big kicker. Now, this is in the Great Recession of 2008, where everybody can remember their the price of their house dived, right? So this is in 2007, and I worked for a bank. Uh, and it was not a huge bank, but a you know, pretty big bank on the West Coast. And I said, you know, they told us that that you know the housing market's looking a little dodgy, but we're fine, we're okay. And she goes, oh, I remember, you're gonna work for a bank that goes broke, but don't worry, you're gonna work for the same bank, but with a different name. So, so this is my wife from Brazil, right? She grew up in a dusty town of Porto, didn't even have a paved road to the town, right? Because I met her in Rio, but um, it's like, and this is like, 20 years after she had the experience. So this is still to end of 2007. Of course, you know, it wasn't until September of 2008 that everything hit the fan. So I, being so brilliant, said, no, no, we're fine. You can't be right. I act, And, of course, then the stock price of our, our smaller bank went down because people thought we could be in trouble. I said, no, we're, everyone said we're fine. I actually bought more stock into it. 
right? So another way where I lost money. So of course, to make a long story short, one day my boss and I were walking home in, in you know, to, to get on the ferry. We go ferry from Seattle to Bainbridge and it was announced on loudspeaker. Well, the bank just went broke and you're all fired. <laughs> I go, well, holy no. My stock's all gone. My college, my kid's college education plan is gone. <laughs> and it was like, then, of course, and to make a long story short, I looked for a job for three months. My wife kept saying, why are you looking for a job? They're going to hire you back. And, of course, they hired me back. So from then on, I said, okay, how could she know this? She had no financial sophistication whatsoever. And this is, imp you know, this is not impossible, but certainly improbable. So how in the heck can't, if there, if, if there's such thing as predestination, because before this I thought, oh, you're, you're an idiot if you think of predestination. That's why anybody calls me an idiot. I go, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But it's, it, there has to be someone's, someone's hooking those levers and planning out our life for us. It has to be. Because how could my wife, when she was you know, a teenager going through near-death experience, and now she was like 35, 36 when this happened, how could she know that? And that's when I looked all sorts of things, and I finally found the Spirits book on PDF. And that's when I started. Wow. Wonderful. Very interesting. I love, I love hearing you talk, Brian, because it's so not you've this may sound a bit naive from my behalf, but it's sort of like that Western twist on the spiritism theme. And I, you know, really sort of like bridges uh, the two worlds there very, very nicely. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'll shut up now for appreciate you. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so before we, we go to the announcements, do you have, do you want to do any closing remarks, Brian? Oh, no, I, I think I've, I, I'll let that, for the professionals, you, both of you. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. <laughs> uh, not an announcement, but I do, I'd like just to quickly share this little comment there. I've ignored my gut feelings many times in the past, make some big mistakes, never ignore them now. How true is that? We all do that. We all go, why didn't I listen? Because we have free will. That's why right. we don't listen. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> cool. So, um, I I'd like to invite you for a mini seminar uh, that is going to happen on the 3rd of October. Uh, I don't know if Lawrence can put the leaflet up for us. That is going to be a mini seminar with Dr. Mick Collins. He studied Jung and Kardec, sorry, Jung and Kardec. And the topic is, is spiritual evolution and the co-creation of an improved future. And also alongside with him, we have Dr. Alexander Moreira Maeda. Uh, and his topic is Kardec, investigating spiritual experience. We have our moderator who is going to be Dr. Natalie Torbert. And this is going to be broadcast in um, BUS, British Union Spiritist of Society page, um, and also Kardec Radio. And that is event um, coordinated by the British Spiritist Medical Association. So uh, here is the invitation. If you are free, the 3rd of October, it's between 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Come and join us. It will be a very interesting event for us to take part. Um, our next talk um, is going to be on the 2nd of October. Uh, the topic is Shine Your Light. And our speaker is Alexandre Mota. So take a note. And that is when we will meet again on the 2nd of October. So before I hand over to Lawrence for the closing prayer, I would like to say um, thank you to everyone who has been with us. Uh, thank you, Briar, to be to, uh, for you to be here with us. Uh, I enjoy very much your talk, and um, I would like to hand it over to Lawrence for the closing prayer. Thank you for appreciating. Apologies, I got distracted. The cat decided he wanted to get into the electric cupboard. 
<laughs> Never mind. Anyway, once more, dear friends, let's draw once more into that silence, that peace within, the thread of divine that runs through all things. And we give thanks for this evening, for those lessons learned, for those thoughts made privy to us, to help us to explore our own life pathways, to understand this life, this life the reflection of the true eternal life that we live, and how best that we can traverse this time, and to raise our consciousness and ascend to the contemplative realms. And we ask a blessing on each and every home here tonight, online and out there in the virtual world. Amen. Amen. Okay, so no more comments. I will say good night to everyone, and I hope to see you all next talk on the 2nd of October. Good night. Good night. Good night.